good to be back. It really is. I, it's one of the most precious memories I've got through people here in this church. And I thank God for you. It's, uh, it's a real honor to be back, to just share from the Word of God and pray God will do something that will bring honor to His name. I really appreciate you, Pastor, more than I can say. He's a dear friend and a man that God has used in such a special way, not only here at Teresa, but uh, throughout this county. And uh, you are blessed indeed to have him as a pastor. So we thank God for that. And uh, I've been gone a long time uh, from Roxborough, but I always enjoy getting the chance to come back. Uh, John Quincy Adams, after he had served the presidency of this country, and many years later he was an old, old man. One day he was walking the streets of Boston, and someone asked him, they said, Mr. John Quincy Adams, how are you? He said, John Quincy Adams is doing great, doing real good. He said, the house he lives in is falling apart, and I may have to move soon, but I'm doing fine. And that's kind of how I feel. Um, birthdays make a big difference, don't they? But uh, it's good to be home, good to be with you guys. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love, for the gift of life. We thank you for loving us when we didn't love you. I can remember just so vividly when you took the initiative to speak to my heart. Thank you for that. Thank you for the change that you made. <clears throat> thank you for the gift of life. And I thank you so much for this church and the people that make it, for the difference they have made in my life over these many years, for the support, the love that I've received from here. Thank you so much for making that happen. Thank you for Herbert. Thank you, God, so much for his life, his example. And I pray you continue to bless him and the ministry here at Theresa. May this church continue to be used of you in a special way. We ask you to bless us this week. I know if they don't hear your voice, what I say won't do any good. And so I pray the Spirit of God will speak. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a copy of the Scriptures this morning, please turn with me, Second Kings chapter 6. <clears throat> this service ends at, at 9.30, right? Is that right? 9.30. Well, <laughs> I know how it is at home, buddy. You need to get out of here. So anyway, uh, I can't see the clock, so uh, I'll have to look at my watch. So Second um, Kings chapter 6. I want you to see, I think, one of the most interesting passages of scriptures in the Bible. Look at verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early... And going forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, 
And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Isn't that interesting? Invisible power for visible problems. Every person here is facing some kind of a trial, struggle, crisis in your life or your family. The Bible says in this world you shall have tribulation. He didn't say it was a good chance. He said you're going to have it. It's coming. If you live, you're going to have problems. Christians are not isolated from it. It's not something that God saves us and puts us in a corner where we're not having to struggle with what other people struggle with. In fact, being, being saved, you might face problems that you wouldn't otherwise face. Paul says that there are some trials that comes to us because we are saved that we wouldn't face if we were not because the devil is not a figment of the imagination. He's not make-believe. He's real. And he's always on the attack. But God's Word gives us the confidence in, uh, in Romans that in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Isn't that good? The word in in that verse means to be chained to a circumstance. Have you ever prayed about something and it seemed like God wasn't interested? Come on, let's be honest. Have you ever been to a place in your life as a child of God when you begged God to change something and he didn't do it? You know the feeling. You've been there. It seemed like the Lord just ignored you. You sometimes, and I interpret that, well, God doesn't care. You remember what the disciples said, Lord, does, carest thou not? There are those times in our life, isn't it? But you know what God is so often proving us? He's showing us <clears throat> that our weakness is sometimes the greatest thing that we can have. That's hard to take it. We like to think that we're sufficient, that we're capable. It's not true. Only him. Uh, I know of a preacher, he, uh, with the staff that he has in the church he pastors, uh, he at times has interns, young seminary students that will come and they'll work maybe the summer or uh, they'll do an intern there. Uh, in his church that he pastors, there was a very wealthy lady that was a member of that church and she got all ticked off about nothing. Now listen, if you've never pastored, you may not appreciate this, but I want to tell you something. If you have a pastor and you do, you support him. Stick with him. Because some people are going to get bent out of shape and you can't stop that. They're just going to get mad. And this lady got all bent out of shape. She was so mad. And she said she was going to quit that church and vowed publicly, I will never come back. Well, she quit. She stayed gone for several years. And one day the pastor heard that she was in the hospital. He really liked the lady. She didn't believe it, but he did. <laughs> and he wanted to go see her, but he felt like she wouldn't want him to come. And so one day while he was, after he'd heard the news and he was sitting in his study and he, he called this young intern in, he told him nothing about what had happened. He didn't tell her, him anything about the lady. He didn't tell her how she got all mad and quit church. He just told this young intern, he said, now listen, he said, there's a lady in the hospital and I want you to go visit. 
This kid was so nervous. He had never made a visit in his life at the hospital. He was so nervous, it was unbelievable. He began to almost tremble. And and uh, this guy, this guy he, he was telling this later, but this kid finally, he went to the hospital, and he was so hoping she was going to be in surgery or asleep or something. And he went walking down the hall real slow. He said he just walked so slow, he was hoping he, he would never get there. And he finally got to the door of this room. And when he opened the door, he looked in and all the lights were out. And he didn't know if he ought to go in or stay out. He was so nervous. He was shaking. And he decided to go in and visit this lady anyhow. And when he walked in the room, he does I don't know what it was. He doesn't know. This kid tripped over something. And if you ever tripped and you almost started a run, you trip and you run. Well, she didn't know him. He didn't know her. And all of a sudden he tripped. And he went running across the room right at the bed. <laughs> he grabbed the rail on the bed to keep from falling. And when he grabbed that rail, he slammed it. Pow! It sounded like he had turned the room over. He was so embarrassed. He didn't know what to do. I mean, this kid was, he was absolutely devastated. And he was trying his best. Somehow he threw that, that rail down so hard he couldn't get the thing up. And while he was trying to pull it back up, he was trying to tell her at the same time who he was and what church he was from. And finally he jerked that rail, and when he did, he knocked over her pitcher of water. It went all over her, all over the bed. He thought the whole room was flooded. <laughs> this young guy was hemorrhaging emotionally. He didn't know what to do. And he finally decided, the only thing I know to do is say a prayer, amen, and get out of here. <laughs> he, didn't, he forgot how to pray. He didn't know what to say. So he just said something about day or night and goodbye, and he just walked out the room, ran out of the room. He convinced himself on the way back to the church that whatever he thought God wanted him to do, it wasn't to preach, and he would never be a preacher. Never. After he got back to the church, a call came. <coughs> Excuse me. It was the lady. Yeah, it was the lady. She wanted to talk to him. When he got on the phone, he thought he was going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> and when he answered the phone, she said, young man, you must come back to see me. She said, I am so sorry I didn't speak. She said, but I was trying not to laugh in your face. <laughs> she said, as I watched you do what you were doing with so much sincerity, I wanted to just laugh. <coughs> Listen to what she said. She said, I haven't laughed this much in years. And she said, it's for this reason, a prison that I created. Will you please come back? Let me tell you what happened. She not only got right with God, she got back in church and became one of the best supporters of the pastor. Now, here's what you want to see. I find it amazing 
that the person God used to reach her was this scared to death, trembling, nervous, seminary student. You know what God used? God used weakness to break through the wall of a person that had grown hard and cold. And it's our weakness that God uses, our brokenness. God uses us because he just simply chooses to do that, but it's not because we are deserving or that we are qualified. It's the Spirit of God working through us. Uh, Samson, that's I think one of the most fascinating statements in the Word of God, or stories in the Word of God. Uh, the Bible said one of the great mysteries about his life, nobody could understand what Samson, why he was so strong. I think there were a lot of theories. People thought he worked at the gym all the time or he ate a certain cereal. And, and uh, you know, we hear a lot about that. That's what you need to do to be healthy and strong. I don't think Samson even looked strong. Uh, the people would have thought if he'd been muscle-bound, they would have thought, well, that's why he's so strong. No one understood why he could do what he did. But the Bible gives a secret, answers the secret. The Bible says that Every time that Samson performs something supernaturally, it always makes the statement in the Scriptures that the Spirit of God came upon him. It was God doing something in Samson and through Samson that Samson could not pull off himself. That same is true in today's culture. When we come to know Jesus Christ, what happens to the human heart? The Word of God teaches that when I trust Jesus Christ, I remember that night so vividly in my mind. Uh, I, I, I'm ashamed of it now, but I never liked church. It wasn't the church's fault. It was my fault. But I didn't like church. And yet that night in Korea a long time ago, the Lord got my attention. He spoke to my heart. And I asked Jesus Christ to come in. And if someone had asked me when I walked out the door what happened, I couldn't have told him. I absolutely couldn't have explained it. But I had a desire to live that I never had. I had a willingness to face trials and struggles. I still was faced with a lot of things. Before I went in that chapel that night, it was after midnight, I was ashamed to live and afraid to die. And yet when I came to know Christ, I had a desire to live that only God could give it. I didn't become perfect and still am not perfect. Far from it. But I knew that God was real. I knew that he had revealed himself. And the Bible says that when he comes in, he seals the door. He never leaves. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. He, he always is with the child of God. He's given his word. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. And therefore, when he's inside of us, he enables us to live for him, for his glory, as we choose to trust him. Sometimes that's hard, isn't it? It's hard to trust God sometimes. It's easy to sing about it. It's easy to preach about it. But sometimes when life is pressing in on you, it's hard to trust the Lord. We can say things that, that we, we really we mean in our mind, but when the pressure is on and we're going through the trials and the struggles, whether it's the body breaking down or the disease, the pastor mentioned several that are facing cancer, what a terrible disease it is. But thank God one day it's going to be eliminated. One day it'll be over. It'll be done. 
But while we are in this life, there are times when God allows his kids to go through those things. He's preparing us for another world. He's getting us ready for another place. A place where it will be that beyond what we could even imagine, the scripture says. A wonderful place that our Lord has prepared. But I pray this morning that God will give us the courage to trust him. Now watch what it says in this passage. The Bible says, when the servant of the man of God was risen early. This was a real person, a real life. The moment the problem appeared was at the beginning of another day. There are those days in our life when the doctor tells you some bad news. He tells you that you've got this problem or you've got that problem and the body is weak. It's, it's being attacked. There are those times when we have to ride behind that hearse and somebody that we love dearly is in the box in front of us. We know the pain. There are times when a child rebels against whatever they've been taught. And it's hard to go through those times. It's hard to make it. Marriage is hard at its best. I heard about one young couple one night. They were out walking in a moonlit night and they got caught up in the romance of the moment. You ever been there? <laughs> I have. And, uh, they were out there walking and this guy, he thought she was so beautiful and if you've ever been in the presence of a beautiful young lady, you know the feeling. And they were walking and he just turned around and he said, Will you marry me? She said, Yes, so oh, yes, so oh, yes. For about 30 minutes he didn't say anything. And she said, Why are you not talking? He said, I've said too much already. <laughs> From those moments, you go to real life. <laughs> and it's hard. I, want, I have something I, I didn't have a, a real piece of paper to write on. I read an article. I thought this was really interesting. Uh, it compared, it was an article that was comparing, especially in the school systems of today, life for young people in the 1930s, uh, 40s and 50s and life today. And I read this and I thought, wow, man, God help us to have compassion for the youth, for the young people that are all around. Listen to what it says here. This is really interesting. He gives the seven biggest problems of the 40s and 50s and today. Number one in the 40s and 50s inside the schoolhouse. Number one problem, talking out of turn. Today, alcohol. Isn't that something? Number two, chewing gum. Drugs. Kids. Kids. Your kids, my kids. This is what they're facing. Herbert's got a telephone call. <laughs> It'll get better. Hang in there. <laughs> Number three, 40s and 50s, making noise. Today, pregnancy. Do you see the difference in the world we're living in? Number four, 
running in the halls. Number four today, suicide. Bombing out. Can you imagine that? Kids that are taking their life. Suicide packs. Ending it all. Number five, getting out of line. Today, rape. In school. This is what's going on. God help us. Number six, improper clothing. Today, robbery. Number seven, this sounds so trivial, not putting paper in the wastebasket. Today, assault in the halls. The Bible says it was early in the morning the problem appeared. The beginning of a day. Our young people today are faced with problems and temptations that I didn't hear about until I was a grown man. They are faced with a culture that is so different from what we grew up in. God help us today as the church to build a healthy church. I believe this with all my heart. To build a healthy church that God can use in communities to be an example to those, to be a, a haven of, of hope, a place where they can find new life. I had an old preacher to tell me a long time ago, and I'm not trying to be ugly, but I want you to hear what he said. He told me a long time ago, he said, if God ever calls you into the pastorate, and at that time I was on the road all the time, he said, but if God ever calls you to the pastorate, there's one way to reach people. Love the hell out of them. He said, you can't preach it out, beat it out, or cuss it out. Love it out. Amen. And I believe that. I pray that God will make living word a lighthouse, an example. We do have a lot of young people. There's a lot of young people here. But whatever our age, we, our job is to follow Christ. And to give this hopeless world hope. To give them a place to look to, to hear the message of Christ. Tonight, God willing, if I live in Jesus' days, I'm going to be preaching on a subject that I think is something that affects every person in the world. And especially saved people. Depression. You ever have a problem with that? I do. Brother, I'll tell you what, you get around a bunch of Baptists and it'll get you depressed sometimes. <laughs> And when you have to deal with it all the time, it's, it's something. But I want you to notice it was in the morning, early in the morning at the beginning of the day, that these problems all, all came upon this, this servant of the man of God. He walked out on the porch, and the whole mountain was surrounded with Syrian soldiers. You see, what had happened, if you read the whole story, the king of Syria wanted to destroy the nation of Israel. Nothing's changed, is it? Still the same old fight. And the Word of God says that every time he came up with a battle plan to attack the people of God, the nation of Israel, God revealed the battle plan to Elisha, and Elisha told the king of Israel where not to go and how to win by staying away. The king of Syria got so ticked off, he was so mad, he got all of his generals together, all of his soldiers, he said, there's a traitor among us.
Somebody is betraying me and telling the nation of Israel what I'm going to do. And somebody spoke up. The Bible doesn't identify the person, but somebody spoke up and said, uh, uh, King, uh, it's that preacher. Isn't it amazing how many people blame the preacher for everything? <laughs> he says, that preacher, he's telling him. The king said, I'll fix him. I'll just go ahead and kill him. Isn't that something? And the word of God says that when the servant saw a host that compassed the city, isn't that something? The whole mountainside was covered with enemy soldiers. What do you do in times like that? What do you do when you're surrounded by problems? What do you do when you feel like you just can't go on? You know, a lot of times, we, it's, it's perception. I am convinced that perception is stronger than reality. We perceive the way things are, and we convince ourselves that we have to make changes that are really not what we need to do. Some of you read this story. It actually happened. Uh, 1993, January 20th of 1993, uh, a guy named John Makovsky, he had gotten to a place in his life, he was so rotten, miserable, he knew, he just knew in his heart, if he could get rid of his wife, he'd be happy again. Isn't that something? You've been there, and uh, you know, I don't care who you marry. I don't, care how, I don't care who it is. You can have premarital counseling for 40 years. You get married, brother, and you're going to have problems. You ever seen a young couple? I've had a young couple sit in my study. Well, Pastor, we're not going to have problems. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's going to happen, buddy. Well, old John was convinced if he could get rid of his wife, he'd be the happiest man in town. January 20th, 1993, he got rid of her. He got divorced. He was so happy. John was telling everybody he was a happy man. Finally happy. January 21st, 1993. One day, his wife won $10.2 million in the lottery. John was convinced, if I could just have her back, I'd be happy. You see, the problem is so great. Look at the cry. We're out about out of time. Look at this, what he said. Look at verse 15. The word, alas, my master. That's a cry of despair. That's a cry, I'm beat. That's a cry, there's no way out. Some of you are there right now. You are, aren't you? You feel like you're in the corner. You're being beat to death. There's no way out. There are times in life when we think we can face anything and we can make do in our own strength and self. It's just not true. How many of you remember Muhammad Ali, the boxer? I have to repent of liking boxing every day, but I love it. Sometimes I just love seeing somebody get beat up. Do you like that? <laughs> Muhammad Ali, when he was at his prime, when he was at his best, 
he was on an airplane one day, and the stewardess came by, and she said, uh, buckle your seatbelts. He said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. She said, Superman don't need no airplane. <laughs> He's not as great as he thought he was. When he said, alas, my master, look what he says. How shall we do or what shall we do? Now, I want you to notice the emphasis. The emphasis is on what shall, listen, we. That's trusting the wrong person. That's when we think we can handle life all by ourselves. You won't probably know this name, Kylie Basuti. Young lady, just a few years ago, really, 2009, I think it was, all her life, she dreamed of being a model. That was her own, own desire, one desire, be a model. And I want to tell you, brother, nature spent a lot of time on her. She had it all together. She's a beautiful young lady. She finally won the Victoria's Secret modeling contest. According to the article, there were 10,000 contestants over a period of time they tried to win this, this title. I had no idea Victoria's Secret uh, was a $5 billion business. <laughs> That's a lot of underwear, isn't it? Miss <laughs> <laughs> Bassetti, she won that title. Shortly after she won that title, she got married. And she and her husband both became very committed Christians. She began to feel kind of uneasy about what she was doing. One day, she decided that what she was doing was wrong. She said, here's how it happened in her mind. She said, in my mind, I realized there's a big difference in modeling clothes and wearing provocative underwear to gain the attention of men and other people. She gave it up. This is what she said. She said, after all of those years, all I desired was to be a model. And when I won it and became wealthy, it was just not what I thought it would be. Isn't that something? How we can chase something that's not even real? She said it was through worship, reading the Word of God on a daily basis, praying on a daily basis, and the Spirit of God worked in her heart. I read that article and it just caused my mind to just start thinking about certain things about the Word of God at worship. Have you ever witnessed somebody talking to them about the Lord and they say something like this? Well, preacher, I, I just don't... Uh, like worship or going to church. If people like that, that's fine. But I just don't like worship. Let me tell you something. Worship is factory installed. It's standard equipment. God made us to worship. And we are, 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 no doubt, going to worship something. You're going to worship pleasure, power, prosperity, whatever it might be, or yourself. 
But we're going to worship something. The choice is ours. God gives us the choice. But man is going to worship. And if you worship anything other than the Lord God, the living God, you're barking up the wrong tree and it's going to lead you to a failure. That's what Ms. Bassetti, she saw that in her own mind. She realized that God through worship was giving her direction to change her whole life and she followed. Thank God. Look what it says and I'm going to quit. Time's up. I hope you'll look at this and read it. It's a tremendous story. He answered and said, fear not. The comfort that was given. Can you imagine? This guy came running in the house. I can see the scene in my mind. He comes running in the house. He's scared to death. Preach on what we're going to do. We're going to die today. What's going on, man? The whole mountain is full of Syrian soldiers and they are ticked off. He said, fear not. They that be with us are more than they that be with them. Hallelujah. You know, you remember that show used to be on the television? I, I believe it was Different Strokes. Is that, is that right? The other little black boy that was always saying, What you talking about, Willis? Remember that? I really believe when this servant walked in and Elisha said, They that be with us are more than they be with them. I really believe he must have said, What you talking about, Elisha? <laughs> Notice what God did. Elisha prayed, and he didn't ask God to send anything. He said, God just opened his eyes to see what's already at his disposal. Open his eyes to see what's already happening. We worship a resurrected Lord. If I didn't believe Jesus was alive, I'd quit preaching today. But he is alive. He has risen. He's coming back. He wants you today to be blessed by him. I'm going to ask the pastor those to come to play the music. We're going to just quit right here, but it's a good place to quit. They that be with us are more than they that be with him. The Lord that lives in you, if you're a believer, by the Holy Spirit, he's got it under control. Trust him. Choose to trust Him. Whether it be life or death or trials or problems, He will meet us in the hour to meet, to give us whatever we need. Will you do it? Maybe you're here today without Christ. You've never been saved. Look yonder to the cross and trust Jesus. Would you do that? Maybe you're here as a Christian and you've gone cold on God. You need to come back. And maybe you're here today and you're just simply struggling. You need a power and a strength that you don't have. Would you choose to trust Him? We can either be the servant that is nervous and afraid, or we can be like the prophet with all confidence. God will take care of us. Choose to trust Him today. May we stand.